1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply.
0: This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is presented by Hummel Casino. Fun above all else.
2: Final hour of Better Woods here on a Tuesday. I did get an answer to a question you asked yesterday that I had no answer to. You were wondering why are they doing two different Monday Night Football games? I did. John, John them
3: did down the hall
2: uh, at different times. when well, we talked about it, and uh, it is basically an experiment by ESPN, ABC, and the NFL to see if they can maximize viewership. You know, they play a lot of games at the same time on Sundays, and we don't complain about that at all. We got Red Zone. We like having multiple games on at the same time. Oh, yeah. And they felt like, well, I mean, people are going to watch on Sundays no matter what. We can take one game away, and let's do two on Mondays and see if that ramps up some of the viewership. So they're studying all the numbers. Next week, they're going to do the same, but the opposite. ABC will have the early game, and then ESPN will have the game that starts an hour later. Oh, it's another double header. It's another doubleheader overlapping next week. I
4: saw ABC also picked up a bunch of games to simulcast on Monday and so then, it'll be the yeah. same game on ESPN and on locally here at yeah, channel 10 so because of the writers strike
2: Yeah so that after next week the the ABC games were supposed to go away for a while they were going to have a couple later in the season but because they are so low on new programming because of the Hollywood writers strike they said well, the the Monday night football games do well on ABC, so let's just let's simulcast those and get a, more audience for that. So yeah, we'll have weekly Monday night football games on Channel 10 now. I think for the rest of the season at this point. So they're so, du- they're doubling up not every week. Not no, every, no, some okay. some will be just the one game on both channels. But yeah, next right. week they're doubling up again. Um, the late game I know is Rams Bengals. Okay, that'll be good. Is the five fifteen game on ESPN and the early game next week? i I've, I've forgotten what the matchup is, but they'll look at the data and figure out well. Which one works better, you know, time wise, and how it all starts. So it's a bit of a it's a bit of a TV experiment involving us as the viewer and how we respond to it and what we like and don't like about the the Monday Night Football overlapping double So that's why they they did that. I watched a uh,
3: little bit of both games last night and uh, watched, of course, the horrific horrific injury to Nick Chubb.
2: <sighs> but they Hot. didn't ever show it. They, which, yeah. I, you can say is a good or a bad thing. I. What do you think? Well, I'll tell no you replay. what.
3: I, I, they when they said it, it made me perk up. When Joe Buck said, uh, "We're we just got word we're not going to show that." It was too. It it really was too bad to show on television. And I'm like, somebody tweeted, "You guys showed Damar Hamlin dead on the field for a long time." And this, you know, it was a gnarly injury. I mean, it was a gnarly, gnarly. Injury got caught in between a couple of defenders. Leg went completely the opposite way. He's he's you know people said pray that it's just a season ending uh, ending injury because it's the same knee he had reconstructed while at Georgia. Nick Chubb I think is one of. Them. One of the best dudes in the NFL, uh, a really, really fun guy to watch, fun guy to root for, easy guy to root for, and uh, what a tough scene for him last night, man. And I Just again, listen.
4: Here's from the broadcast. Yeah, the broadcast. Uh, the, the they groan. showed it in the stadium. They yeah, they showed, showed it in the stadium. There, I was, went, there were two angles. I went
3: to Twitter and found it and almost threw up.
4: ESPN, if you're watching at home, they showed one angle throughout the rest of the game, but they said there was another angle... We're not showing that one. If you go online you can find it, because they did show it in the stadium and just listen to the crowd react when they showed it. By the way, these are Steelers
2: angle. fans, not Browns yeah. fans. Yes, in yeah.
4: Pittsburgh. I am told that the replay of
2: Nick Chubb getting injured is
4: oh, uh, not to be
2: seen. Yeah, it's we're not gonna show it. It's uh it's it's as
3: bad as you can imagine. Ooh man, it was nuts. no.
2: I, didn't, I have not online, have so haven't not seen it online, so I haven't seen it at all. Oh, I, I I've never seen it. Went which went right is why I feel like I feel like the broadcast needs to show it once, not repeatedly and give it a warning and go Ugh. hey if this is something that you know turns your stomach look away for a second but i do feel like in the course of a broadcast and showing what's going on you need to show it once just so we all understand what we're dealing with
3: It was bad that's all you need to know it was very it was really, very
2: really bad. very bad and we'll make
3: you you
4: knew his season was over we'll make you pucker this is the second major injury now i injury feel guilty though leg. like
2: i don't i don't want to search it out like that's that feels like gruesome, like you're just chasing injuries. I don't want to do that. So I'll probably never see it now.
3: Not but Nick, I would I mean, would Twitter you'll see. I don't want
2: to no, I don't want to look for it. I feel I'd feel like that's that's like my, I'm trying to entertain myself at Nick Chubb's expense and I'd feel bad about that. Nobody, I don't want to do that.
3: Nobody at Ben Higgins
2: on Twitter. With the video, yeah, show, I don't want to accidentally him find it right and see now and it. Show
4: it to him, see if we can make him throw up on the air.
2: No, yeah. well, I don't. No, I don't get queasy when I see that. Sort I'll show of thing. you. Want me to show it to you? No, because that feels gratuitous. Not you didn't do but it, but I think showing it once on the broadcast would have been appropriate, and then not showing it ever again.
3: Well, we're on a broadcast right now.
2: <laughs> we are on a broadcast right now. Yeah, you're going to show it to me. I'm going to show you the video. My first natural reaction, because the I only saw it live.
4: Oh,
3: Oh, dude. I just (laughs) caught a glimpse of it again. It made me me shiver. Well, and and again, it brought out the point, the the much-talked-about point in the offseason of, well, now, so somebody made the point, well, now you see why running backs were fighting so hard for guaranteed money, and somebody made the counterpoint. Now you see why owners don't want to pay running backs guaranteed money. Talk about a stalemate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Talk about a stalemate. Like you look at it, you're the owner. You're like, see. If you're the running backs, you're like, see. How do you win that battle? There's no, there's no winner.
2: Yeah, it's it's no win situation. Correct. Right Correct. All
3: right. right, Pauly, take us away
2: and get things started here with our edition today's edition oh, of boy. the Rindel Report.
4: Now tuned into the greatest.
0: Welcome to the Rindle Report. With Paul Reindel. Hi, Paul. All right. Two stories from the world of sports that we haven't gotten to yet.
4: We'll start off in Major League
0: Baseball. And one story that you didn't know you needed. Are you laughing, Beats? It's the Reindel Report.
4: Hey, Paul, how you doing? Okay, how are you?
0: On 97.3 The Fan.
4: Are you ready to bless the moon? I need some help,
0: please. (laughs) That was good. Can
4: I get a whole Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Boom. All right. Take it away. All right. I will. Uh, Gentlemen, we'll start off in the NFL. Another big day for Patrick Mahomes. I think we just had one of these not too long ago when he signed his deal, but he restructured his contract, which uh, scored him a historic payday. He's going to get now. $210 million between 2023 and 2026. That's the most money in NFL history over a four season span. Uh, That's now guaranteed money according to what his agent told Adam Schefter. They're going to revisit the agreement again after that 2026 season. And basically it's just kind of moving money around. It made a lot more guaranteed for him. And it's going to, I guess, give some flexibility down the road for the franchise?
3: I, I wish I understood the, how capology works. Yeah, I don't. I, very... I will never learn. I have no desire to learn. If ESPN said we'll give you a million dollars to be our capologist, I would say, nope, I'm good.
4: So in <laughs> 2020, no uh, Right before the 2020 season, <laughs> Mahomes signed a 10-year, $450 million contract. So now we're, what, two? Tsh- two full seasons down they've restructured basically just give him a boatload of money guaranteed and then they're going to restructure again in what will be the after the sixth year of his tenure at least
2: it makes sense now that that patrick mahomes is now arguably the highest paid player in football at least on a per season basis it's weird when you say well deshaun watson or joe burrow is the highest paid player we all kind of know who the best
4: quarterback is right now. Well, especially so, Deshaun
3: Watson, for the love of God, man. $230 million yeah. deal.
4: Nobody has topped like the overall the $450 million mark that right. Mahomes got. But since he signed that, as far as um, average annual salaries, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, and Joe Burrow have all surpassed him. So
2: I love what Clark Hunt, the uh, Chiefs owner, said don't you continue well i didn't hear it yeah you did no i didn't that that he's going to be underpaid no matter what they give oh no i didn't hear yeah it's uh you know acknowledging that that (laughs) it's good it is good
4: i like what jerry jones said
3: what did jerry jones say (laughs)
4: i'm just messing with you (laughs) All right, moving on. Uh saw this story. Mike <laughs> Michael McCarthy from Front Office Sports reported yesterday that Blender's Diego based sunglasses brand They're behind the Dion Sanders Prime line. They originally signed They're out- retired
2: now, right? Like after <laughs> We did a story on this last night on Channel Ten. Jeff Lasky, my colleague, actually uh did a whole thing on the blender's owner and it says Dion. They, it was it was interesting. It says
4: Blenders originally sought out to sell sixteen thousand pairs. That was kind of their mark. They've now sold between sixty-seven thousand and seventy-two thousand pre-orders. <sighs> oh my god. It's, and at sixty-seven dollars a pop, Dion has brought in it says four and a half million dollars in sales at minimum. So those
3: were the company reached out to him. And said, "These are your signature." So he gets a taste of this. I'm assuming. Yeah, I think. Yeah, line. it's an
2: endorsement yeah. and a partnership. It, yeah, the the story that Jeff did last night said, <laughs> "Yeah, the blenders owner reached out and they just thought Dion would be a great pitch man <laughs> for their sunglasses because it just felt like." His style of sunglasses, and they called, and it was right as he was taking the Colorado job. And Dion said, Actually, our we're team, we're looking for a sunglass deal right now. So it, the timing was just very fortuitous. And then the whole thing with, you know, my, Jay Norville, the coach at Colorado yeah. State, comes out saying it's disrespectful not to take the sunglasses. And Dion starts giving away on ESPN, and That's players are wearing massive, them. And, I mean, what an unbelievable confluence of events. No kidding. From a business perspective, for this uh, the guy who owns Blender Sunglasses. How do you think I would look in those blenders? I know you'd be okay. Do you think? Yeah, I think you could pull it off I more than I
3: could so for sure. That
2: would be something I need to see.
4: Adam, we're going to need uh, what's sixty-seven times three. Yeah, I <laughs> have right, to at morning, least find out. Maybe. I'm going to start
2: a company that makes blenders called Sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs>
4: who are you going to get to endorse that one?
2: Martha Stewart. <laughs>
3: First. Check out my new blender line from, you know, our company sunglasses. <laughs> sunglasses Inc. What do you guys do? We right. make blenders. Oh my god. <laughs> he looks cool as hell in them. I'll say that. Oh yeah. He, he looks really cool in them. I I don't think I could pull him off, man. I, don't, I think if Paulie walked in and I feel my natural inclination would be to make fun of him. 67
2: is like a pretty good price point. It's not, it's not bad I at mean, all. you know, you see sunglasses are 200, 300 bucks. Like, like
3: Mrs. Woods new addiction by the way. <laughs> oh, no. Good god. does
2: always feel like I'm one wrong move away from sitting on them and it's never worth that much.
4: I've been a knock around guy since yeah. I
2: moved here.
3: I um, used to
4: have I had a couple of nice pairs of sunglasses. One time my car got broken into, <laughs> the, the other time I broke them or something and I'm like this is ridiculous. I I'm s- not doing this anymore. I
3: think I spent 250 on a pair of sunglasses once. I had Ray Bands or something. I had them for three weeks. <laughs> Lost them, left them behind, left them at somebody's house. Gone, never to be seen again.
4: I get the you know the the twenty five dollars ones. Yeah, on knock around or whatever. The, I love it. The polarized. And I buy like
3: four at a time. I'm yeah. like, this is great. And then I have one in the car, one in my bag. Another local brand, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. L- knock arounds local. Um, there are certain guys that can pull that. Like Tatis when he started wearing the big. Remember when we had Ben in the big... I don't yeah. even know what they're called. But then I started going to adult... They're the
2: Oakleys, they're the wraparounds. But they're huge. They're, they're really they're big like, ones. like yeah. ski goggles. Yeah, there's yeah. a picture of me in them. Yes. Yeah.
3: And then I would start going to my adult league games on Sunday and seeing dip asses on the other team right. and wearing them. And I'm like, oh, wow. Nope. Those aren't for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a good look for you, buddy. They're not made for guys that are 260,
4: you know? Like
3: it's just not your look. <laughs>
4: All right, speaking of uh, not your look, got a story here that a new poll went out and 40% of people was it was asked about going commando in your day-to-day. And about a third of Americans say that they regularly go commando. I thought that was strangely high. Everyone knows what that means. How much A third of Americans regularly go commando. Sans underwear. Yes. 40% say they never go commando. 7% say they always go commando. Wow. But, uh, you know, 10% said often. Some said sometimes. It was roughly about 35% say that regularly they go out to their day-to-day commando. I my wife was... is
3: saying in the chat that she says commando for sure, but I don't buy it. This is this is wife, news
4: to me. I, I, I don't. I think my wife commando, somewhat often. I never do. I have. I have like out of. What about even lack, lack of a, underwear like at, home, at the time? Like, like if See, you're in that uh, sweat count.
2: shorts to sleep in, I don't think that. Counts. I always I always have underwear under. Always. What I'm wearing.
3: I get out of the shower,
4: I put on underwear
2: yeah. and then I put on shorts. Yeah. And then I take like the shorts off to virtually sleep. Virtually 100% of the time. Oh, I'll, other yeah, than I'll, when I'll I'm throw bathing. On,
4: like I'll come out of the shower and throw on sweats or something or
2: like a bathing suit that has the built-in underwear <laughs> the, in it, the, the net. Obviously, I yes, hate the net. The net. The I like to cut the net out.
3: Really? Yes. I don't then then like you the go commando in I guess those I go commando swimsuits. in those I get shorts without the
4: net. I just skip it entirely, but as far as the net
3: provides. I think when I when you're swimming laps? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <you know>, butterfly, <laughs> breaststroke. You don't want anything flopping around. No, down. Exactly. Then you should wear a Speedo.
4: I think going commando, though, means like getting dressed for the day to go to work or something. Yeah, like I put like, my jeans the on the for with the day. no underwear. I've done it. It's terrible. does not sound appealing it's at all. It's
3: pretty hot when women do. I'll say that. Kansas, do you, you don't know wear it though. You don't How wear do you
2: know it with
4: yoga pants. Yeah, you don't wear it with yoga.
2: People pants. don't wear a sign around that says "I'm going commando" right now. You should never know someone's going commando. Well, it would take some
3: intimacy, and then you're like, "Oh, you you don't. Oh, nothing there. That's a, I was expecting another layer, and there's not one. <laughs> Surprise! Surprise! I'm all in. I like. We've that. saved four seconds. Yeah. I'm all. Yeah, I'm all in. <laughs>
4: Four seconds can be used elsewhere.
3: Yeah. Four seconds very valuable. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Paulie.
4: Oh, you're welcome.
2: That's a lot of people running around without undies on.
4: Yeah.
2: And, of course, I believe the expression is um, in the military that is, uh, has been a common practice. Is that that's, going That's where it, without that's underwear. Where it comes yeah. from, Commandos Marines and yeah, going commando. You get chafed, I feel like. I would think so, too. I think so. But then again, you get, I get I'm chafed.
4: I like, too. I'm wearing, I'm wearing too. soft <laughs> joggers too. right now. I bet I could have gotten away with it, but I'd
3: feel, I feel—I just feel weird. It does. You feel per, you feel like a deviant if you're sitting. <laughs> yeah. If you were sitting, if, if, if let's make a show rule: always wear underwear in here.
2: All right, because that'll make everybody at ease a little bit. I yes. have no problem following Deal. that rule. Okay, thank you, thank you, forever. think everybody in the studio, Coach Gwen, Chris. Scraby. Please. Yes. L-O. If I hear
3: that Scraby is sitting over there without underwear, I'm going to
2: lose my mind. Break,
3: burn this chair. At Chris, Ello sitting in that chair. Stan's underwear. I really want
2: everyone at the workplace to wear underwear. Post it on the yeah. door. You can't come in here unless you have Odyssey. underwear on. Odyssey Company memo. the person wear underwear. Person, the
3: only person on this staff that would look good without underwear is Tony Wynn Jr. That's it. He, the only one that can get away with it. The rest of us, Disgusting. Absolutely, (laughs) absolutely disgusting. Layer up, all of you. That's not a. That's not a request. That's That's an order. That's an
4: order. And I don't think that that's asking too
3: much. If you don't, if you want me gone, start coming in out in here in your cargo shorts and no underwear. I'm out. I will be doing the show from home. Good Lord. All right, let's get back to it. All right,
2: we got a Padres ticket giveaway, last homestand of the season, last chance to get out to Petco Park. We'll give away some Padres tickets coming up next here with Bennett Woods on 97.3 The Fan. Be back after traffic.
3: On uh, National, fellas, not we, San Diego Padres are uh, now being, there's, I just was scrolling through uh, Twitter and, and Talking Baseball, which is uh, one of the, the podcasts from John Boy and his crew up in New York, <laughs> the the headline of the tweet is, some Padres players think there's a New Zealand man spying on them. <laughs> oh, my God. Talking, of course, about Don Tricker, who was uh, referenced in the piece by Dennis Lynn uh, this morning in The Athletic with Ken Rosenthal. Really, really, really good piece. I mean, I say good good journalism. Bad content, if you're a San Diego Padres fan, does leave you scratching your head a lot. Leaves you feeling a little bit
2: hopeless and helpless, I think. I I will say that, and, and I'm not trying to be apologetic for what has not gone well for the Padres, anything that you try that is new and unorthodox... Until it works, it looks kind of crazy. Like, what are you doing? You're hiring a, hiring a rugby coach to come in and look at your baseball team? Well, no wonder that's not working. That's crazy. But other teams that have done unorthodox things in baseball... Dion's pretty unorthodox. Were, yeah, yeah, they were criticized in the beginning. And then all of a sudden, hey, it's working, and it becomes copied by everybody else. That being said, if Dion didn't win a game
3: or or won two games a year till 2029 then i think you could probably take a look at it that's been the length of of don tricker's tenure here it's not all on don tricker certainly i don't, did not know don tricker before this season he'd been here for 5 years at that time so um but yeah certainly a name that's been talked about and Kicked around a little bit this season, and and you know you you do feel like I love the idea, man. Like I said, I read that book about the All Blacks, the rugby team in New Zealand, and I think it's fantastic. And I I tried to take some of that in my personal life. It's a really good motivating book. Um, but you you I was reading, and I had to laugh a little bit in the article. They were talking about how how Don came in, and he's like, I don't know why you don't simulate pregame what they're going to see in in the real game. Mystery so. Game. If a guy if a guy it throws a hundred, shouldn't you be ramping up in, in the cages at a hundred? And I thought to myself, let me let me play that one through and, and think that through a little bit. You know, it's probably the pregame in basketball. kind of loose. You could almost say even kind of lazy. You know, just kind of shots
4: uh loops, get the feel. fifty percent layup it's, line. It's more, was,
3: it's
2: more a version of stretching
4: than yeah,
3: preparing. Just kind of getting point. getting ready. I was at the Notre Dame game, we had really good seats, I was right there watching the Irish warm up. What they didn't do was Sam Hartman didn't drop back and they had a D lineman come in and absolutely <laughs> pummel him into the ground before a game. You don't sounds and, and, like
4: rugby preparation. <laughs> and so
3: in baseball though, the other thing I was thinking about I think there's probably a time and a place for, hey, you know what, this cat, you know, Bobby Miller's on the bump. That cat brings it. Let's, I'm going to see, I want to see a little extra velo today. I don't know that you can mandate it for 162 because uh, you're not going to see that velo every day. The other thing I was thinking about, the thing that I love about baseball is that nothing comes close to 162. Nothing. There's nothing that comes close. You know, Go play eight games at Fantasy Camp and tell me how you feel after and you can be in great shape and you're still sitting there going, Oh my god, my feet, my arm, my back. It is it's a grind. It's a mental grind, it's a physical grind. Um it's you're not typically going to come away from a season with deep bone bruises and, and broken arms. It
2: happens, but... I mean, even in golf, as, um, you know, as laid back and unathletic as that sport appears to be, I've heard professional golfers talk about you play four rounds in a row you in, a, in a gassed. PGA tournament, and then you do it again the next week, and the next week... It's a lot more physical than you'd expect. Even just the walking of the courses, they're talking about this Ryder Cup course up and down the hills. Gnarly. It's not something that you can just dismiss out of hand. And that 162 point that you made is very different. I mean, football is obviously much more physical and takes a more demanding injury toll on players per game. But they, but they don't play every day. They don't play 162 of them. And, and
3: I looked over six months. So I went and I looked and I said, "Well, what is what is his background? He was a professional softball player. I guess don't know how many games they played. I don't know what New Zealand professional softball looks like. Forgive me. But I did look at at what the All Blacks play, and there were varying reports. But it's 18 to 22 games a season. So a lot like American football. Like the toll on your body is so much." You need to prepare your body for the train wreck that's coming every week. Baseball's not that way and I we talk about it ad nauseum on this show. We talk we used to talk about Tommy Pham. Bro, you're batting 200, maybe hitting 200 balls off the tee isn't what you need. Maybe you need to dial it back. They always say do less, you know, do less just kind of Getting the flow of the game, and I think that's why you'll see eighty-five in batting, pra- in batting practice now, instead of one hundred. Now the Padres
2: have ramped up velocity sure. training in recent years, and I mean, you got to figure that it's had a huge impact on, like Hassan Kim, no doubt, who has absolutely improved immensely against the higher velocity pitches. That that is clear in his numbers. So, you know, again, like all these discussions we've had, it's not so simple as you know one guy is the the problem or one guy is the solution. It's how is it all melting together, and are you able to all make it work with a variety of different perspectives and personalities? And so far, the Padres really haven't done a great job of making it work. Uh Let's do one more segment on this. Get some phone calls in. But right now, we're going to give away a pair of tickets to tomorrow's Padres-Rockies series finale. You uh, can cheer on the Padres at America's number 1 ballpark. Enjoy some day baseball. First pitch set for 1.10 p.m. Tickets are available at Padres.com. You can call and win them, though. Fourth caller, 833-288-0973. We'll win the tickets to tomorrow's game. Padres-Rockies hopefully going for a seventh win in a row tomorrow. they got to get... Number six tonight with Blake Snell on the mound. I would likely say his last home start of the year. Technically, he could go on four days' rest on Sunday, but they have a day off, so likely his last home start, maybe in a Padres uniform maybe, today. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is uh, going for a Cy Young Award now, the clear favorite after Justin Steele was lit up in his last start on Friday. See if he can get through the Rockies today and get the Padres a sixth straight win. We'll wrap it up. One more segment talking about the, uh, the athletic piece and A.J. Preller and the Padres next with Benna Woods on 97.3 The Fan. Me,
0: the champagne the sea. Favorite of my homies when we've our
3: enemies. Witness as we creep to a low speed. what my foes need. Make some OGs
0: for you don't need. Approaching with a passion for the long day. But I've been driven by attraction.
5: or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: This piece is my recital. I think it's very vital. To rock around. That's right. On top. Uh, here we go. It's true to rock Congratulations to
2: Luis, wins the pair of Padres tickets for tomorrow's game. Series finale against the Colorado Rockies. Day baseball, of course, you'll hear it all here on 97.3 The Fan. we got a pregame show for you today at 5.40, 6.40. Blake Snell on the mound trying to lock down that signing award. Ryan Feltner starting for the Rockies. Also have uh, Feltner?
3: Hardly know her.
2: Missions uh, playoff baseball tonight. San Antonio. At Amarillo, Sammy's old team, the Sod Poodles, game one of the Texas League playoffs. And Robbie Snelling, Padres, uh, one of their top pitching prospects, will be on the mound for the missions in game one of the playoffs tonight if you're looking down into the minor leagues for what's going on with your San Diego Padres. Just playing the the It's Tricky for our our Don Tricker conversation, Mm -hmm. the the former rugby New Zealand All Blacks rugby team consultant uh, who was hired by the Padres a few years ago. And again, I am, I'm always a guy. I think that the best way to have success in professional sports is to think outside the box, try new things. I'm never going to criticize for someone taking a chance because there are 30 teams or 32 teams, depending on your sport who are mostly all doing the same thing at the same time. And it's really hard to separate yourself. If you're just going along with the herd, doing the same thing as everyone else, you may get lucky every once in a while, but the really way is to try and risk some risks and try some new things. So I'm okay with that. I do find it odd that until, like you said, this year I hadn't even heard of this guy. If you were really excited about what you're doing and oh, things are going well wouldn't I wouldn't was it just be something you'd, say, be, you'd be talking like, about like we would have heard the guy's name maybe you know set him up with a nice feature and I you know, said, on I the radio have, or on on television or in the newspaper in the last couple of years like hey here's what we're doing we're excited about it I would have done it day one you know. I like if if I
3: I would it would have been the first I would have like hey this is this is something we're trying you know we're bringing this guy in and you know you saw the giants when they brought in their 14 coaches and stuff a big deal was made about that and um, you know, it, I think it worked for them. They won a hundred and some odd games that year uh when they did that and it it's just interesting. It's interesting how organizations operate and you know, but but six years I've heard a lot of you know, negative stuff come out now at this point and you know, hey listen, and and you think about some of the guys that have have walked away or been been sent away. Uh, while he stays, and maybe uh, you know a couple other guys uh, were mentioned in that article as well. Look, it's a really well done piece by Dennis Land. In my opinion, I uh, read it first thing this morning. Um, couldn't believe it; had no idea it was dropping. I, I checked the Athletic Pulse or whatever it's called. I get it in my email, and it's just and it was kind of buried down toward the bottom. And I said. What do you mean they dropped a new story? I clicked on it. I sent it to you guys at 4 a.m. was like, strap in. And, you know, read it when I got here. uh, Read it at home before I got dressed. And just my chin hit my chest. And, you know, you know a lot of this stuff. You think you know a lot of this stuff. You hear about a lot of this stuff. And then to see it kind of confirmed,
2: um, you know, makes you like, all right, man, I kind of believe what I've heard. There's also a real phenomenon. Baseball players, baseball coaches can sometimes be hard-headed and resistant to change and outside opinions and that's that's not necessarily on the the change agent. Sometimes you have to be willing to look at things in a different perspective and and that can be difficult in a clubhouse. Guys who are set in their ways like hey, I've prepared this way. I got to the big leagues this way. I don't want to change and do it differently and and that can be an issue as well. Um you know, getting just having a good message is is one thing, but getting it to absorb, getting it across to people can be even harder than coming in with that new message to begin with, and if it's not working, even if you have the best advice in the world, if you can't get someone to take that advice or listen to you, then ultimately you've kind of failed in your objective. Yeah, I agree, and I'm looking back
3: toward um, you know the the Dennis and Ken Rosenthal both wrote a piece in 2021, and I'm looking uh, looking at that as well. I mean, look, it's it's essentially it's the same type of stuff. I mean, there's really some of the the characters in the story have changed, but the overall sentiment uh, still remains the same. And, you know, when times get tough, uh, I think the philosophy of, of AJ and crew is, hey, man, we're just going to work harder. We're going to work harder. We're going to, you know, we're going to do- dig in, work harder. And, and I, it's hard to fault somebody for that other than the results really haven't been there. You know, they have not been there. So if you haven't read the piece or if you have read the piece and want to talk about it, give us your thoughts. 833 973 you can call us now. Um, but I know, look, like I, I mentioned earlier, and I, I believe this, it's not a good day. It's not a good day to wake up and, and see an article uh, written like that about you personally or, or the team which you've represented for nine years. Um, it, it's got to be a really tough pill to swallow.
2: Take a little check of traffic. Uh, We'll come back. This hour on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hint Water. Hint Water, delicious fruit-infused water with no sugar or diet sweeteners. More than 25 amazing flavors, including watermelon and pineapple, in stores or delivered from hintwater.com. I'll tell you, there's two different ways this can now go after after this article kind of came out. We'll discuss them after traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. So what happens next, Woods? There are just two really... Two possibilities. One, Peter Seidler decides to let A.J. Perler go. Yep. And this essentially kind of goes away, at least for now, because there'll be a new general manager who comes in who will be given at least you know, an opportunity to do what he can do. You know, there there will only be limited moves that they can make, but they will talk about the culture changing and, you know, coming in and, you know, fresh start with the players and the coaches and maybe Bob Melvin sticking around. And we'll see what happens. It doesn't guarantee success, but that's probably the easy way out at this point is to just make the change. Or A.J. Preller stays. And then you have this hanging over the head of the organization, going, all right, well, what are you doing then? We've read about what goes on behind the scenes. So how are you addressing all these issues that, you know, this isn't just Dennis's or Ken Rosenthal's opinion. This is former players. This is current players, former coaches, other, you know, former executives who've worked in the front office with real tangible criticisms of things that they don't, think uh, the Padres have been doing well under A.J. Preller. Now, some may have axes to grind, grudges, didn't like how they were treated. You can't just take them all at face value and say, oh, they're absolutely all right about A.J. But you've got this issue now floating out there that's again. not going to go away again, again yeah. if A.J. is still the general manager. So what, what do you do if he sticks around and, and Peter Seidler sticks with A.J. Preller? How do you address that? in the off season is it a press conference and then uh... AJ I mean Peters never
3: had a hard time expressing his thoughts about AJ Preller never um it, it has been a while since we've heard you know I don't know where he stands today. I know that he's going through something way bigger than baseball right now and that's where his head uh, is probably at and that's where his family's head is at and that's where it should be
4: it should be there.
3: that be, that being said you know I um he's never had a problem expressing, you know, the the confidence he has in AJ Preller. My gut tells me honestly, nothing changes. My gut just I I think if I have to be honest with myself, I think um I think based on some of the things that I've heard, some of the things that I read in that article, it's not what I want, but I, I think Bob, Mel- Bob Melvin's probably going to be the scapegoat for the season. Uh, and I, like I said before, I stand by it. I think that's malpractice. That doesn't change anything. Of the highest. No. Order. That doesn't. doesn't this change this damn article
4: thing. doesn't. Oh, it changes everything, but I think in the wrong direction. In the wrong
3: direction, in my opinion, for whatever for whatever that's worth. Let
4: me add, I add some questions, kind of rapid fire. Do you think Peter Seidler's mind is already made up on A.J. Preller's future?
3: Yes, it's a tough one to answer. I don't know. There's,
4: I mean, do what, you think this article changes anything?
3: No. Do
0: you Maybe. think AJ's? You know, has AJ
4: already made his mind up on Bob Melvin? Yes. And does AJ have final say, or do you think yes. Prowler would? I mean, uh, Peter would stop. I, I, step you in? know,
2: as a logical person, if AJ hires another manager. There's not. There's really no different directions to go now. You've hired every kind of manager, pretty much. There is. What What are you going to say if you're AJ Preller? Why it didn't work? Oh no, we need someone with less experience than Bob, but more, more than- experience than than Jace with um, a, a different. I mean. You know, you tried. You really you've go- tried it every way. So now, what? What's the argument you make for the next guy? It, the, the only thing you can really say is, "Well, it didn't really work out, so we're going to try something else." So sure. you can't really logically tell me why Bob failed, why Jace failed, why Andy failed, and what's going to be different about anyone else you bring in to the organization. And I, I feel like, man, <clears throat> if I'm AJ Preller this morning and I read
3: this and I'm caught in the middle of this S storm. My first priority, honest to God, would be I gotta make nice with Bob Melvin. Period the end. Because I, I don't want to answer those effing I, I, questions. I, if I was AJ Because it looks bad on
2: him. I if I was A. J. Preller, I In would I one. would say I know my players like Bob Melvin. And I know we haven't won, but I feel like he's my best chance going forward and I'm gonna empower my manager even more. I'm gonna sit him down and I'm gonna go. I may have made some mistakes, you know. If we if we're on the wrong page and we're not together, I want to fix that, and I want to empower you even more in your third season next year with the San Diego Padres because I think you're the best chance we have to be successful. And that's what I would do if I was well, AJ Preller because otherwise, behoove
3: AJ to do that. That's what you say, but in in reality, it's. It, and this is just the way I think. I, my thought process would be. If I fire him, I'm a dead man, right? Like there's going to be some in the fan base are like, "Hell yeah, you know, bring in so and so," right? But I think if I'm him, the way I think is I'm actually a little bit backed in a corner now cuz I'm going to have to get the questions of what's going to make this guy different? How's the culture going to change now? Like all of that stuff that we'll definitely ask him, you know, if if there's a press conference at the end of the year and we'd like to introduce our new manager, blank, Joe
2: Madden. What's what's the difference? Almost, oh, not almost, anyone they bring in is not going to come in with the reputation of Bob Melvin.
4: Correct. That's the
2: tough Absolutely part. Absolutely correct. It's, it's going to be an almost impossible sell for an, on a new manager.
4: If Bob Melvin ever been fired?
2: Probably.
3: Probably. Every manager, I think, is fired I at some know. point. Probably. Was he the... Who, what team is it? He started Diamond with the Diamondbacks, Mariners, Bass, Mariners Bass. and...
2: Uh, A's.
3: A's and Padres now. Uh but here's the here's the question. If he gets fired, season ends on Sunday. If he gets fired Monday, does he have a job by Friday? I think the answer is unequivocally yes. Oh yeah. Unequivocally. And I think some team would be licking their chops to get
2: him in His that. contract was not extended after his first tenure with the Seattle Mariners. And then he went uh to the Diamondbacks. The fo- he didn't he was not out of a job. He went right to the Diamondbacks to become the manager. Uh, of the Diamondbacks,
3: yeah, I, I think um, I think his phone rings, you know,
2: and he was fired um, by the Diamondbacks. By the Diamondbacks. Yeah. Well,
4: then ask the other question: if A.J. Preller is relieved of his duties on October, you know, Monday, October first, or whatever the day it is. Does he have a job by Friday of that week?
3: I think he has a job for does sure. He have, oh, does he oh, have? Is a, it a lateral move? <laughs> a president of baseball office? I'm not sure. I'm really not. But I mean, he's not done if they let him go here. He's not Bob done. Bob gets another
4: manager's job. He's not going to be like bench coach. No, singing. no. You think he's a, he's a skipper? Yeah,
3: yeah. It's hey man, it's going to be massively interesting. This piece, uh, you know, certainly makes it even more so. But again, not the first time we've seen this. Um, you know, not the first time we've heard. How, about how stuff much like input
2: this. should the players have in all of this? None. Lots. I mean, what do you think Manny thinks? I think he's pretty big fan of A.J. Preller. Hasn't he been? Yeah. For the most part in I mean, his career? would <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, Xander Bogart's probably pretty happy with A.J. I mean, Preller. Jake
4: Cronenworth is the biggest yeah. A.J. Yeah. Preller fan. Darvish Fernando like, Tatis really? Jr. Sure,
2: <laughs> certainly has no reason to complain about A.J. Preller.
4: Yeah. Drew Pomerantz, big A.J. <laughs> Preller I guy. mean, Juan Soto's like, the only one that's idea. like, <laughs>
2: how come I haven't got mine? I mean, he's the only one who can say to A.J. hasn't treated him... You know, pristinely when it comes to contract negotiations, um, things like that. You Darvish, yeah, big thumbs up for for AJ Preller. Joe Musgrove, thumbs up for AJ Preller. Um, Pass
4: on Kim, I'll let you know.
2: Yeah, yeah. So so the players, generally, I would say, are in AJ's corner. The players are certainly in Bob's corner. It's weird, and yet we're talking about making major changes because the fans were not necessarily in, in any of their corners yeah. right now.
3: No, it's tough. It's, it's, it's really tough. It's been a tough, tough year. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the timeline is. I mean, based on on the statement that we saw from Peter yesterday, he's on the road to recovery, You know, and again, he is where he needs to be. But, you know, once he's feeling better and, and, you know, uh, up to it, he's going to have to, internally at least, you know, sit down and say, hey, man, like, what's, if I were him, after I felt better, I'd be like, what can we do? What can we do? What are you, are you willing to look at yourself? Are we willing to get in a room with Bob? What do we think is the best direction forward? I will say this, Benny, it's going to be a really tough sell for me if Bob Melvin's not here next year. No matter who it is, it's going to be a really tough sell. You can take some getting over. Will I ever give that manager a fair shake? I don't know. That's how much I respect and like
2: Bob Melvin. I, I don't know that that's the case. I mean, someone's going to be managing the Padres next year. Probably you'll end up somewhat liking them. I mean, sure. you don't get to this point and being a manager of any team without some some charisma and some baseball know how, and you'll ah. get you fired up a little bit. Andy Green gets fired, but up. but you'll. Yeah, for the first day or two.
3: You can call another call wrong, Joe.
2: <laughs> but you will Mom, always compare Joe. the next manager to Bob Melvin. And it's going to be tough unless he wins right away. And, you know, to a a fairly large degree, you're going to go, how is this better than the guy we had before, who had the steady hand, who had the I respect mean. of everybody? That's what I mean. How is it
3: better? By a fair shake, you know. It's going to be hard not to not to criticize, but... We'll see what happens man. Should be an interesting day here on the fan. You know, coach is going to talk about this. I don't this. think that
4: person exists that just is a unanimous slam dunk. That's the right move.
2: Yeah. I don't no, think No, but it's-, it's baseball, so you could bring I mean, you bring Paul to manage, and if they if they win 98 games under Paul next Paul's year. Paul's a
4: genius.
3: He
2: may, he may not you know do lot, anything. You can but, do a lot but more that would than also, Paul Rindle. That would right? also be
4: unanimously hated as. It would, but, you know, it doesn't mean Can you mean imagine their press conference? <laughs> uh,
3: uh, uh, I don't really know what I'm doing up here, but. Uh,
2: for some uh, free manager with a drop board in the dugout, to fire <laughs> just, up player. He just got no
3: idea. Managed motivational a lot of games in my head. Yeah, motivational sound drops. Ton of games. Drops a ton of games, of games in, in My head. nine
4: hundred winning percentage at the freshman high school baseball level. <laughs>
2: it's yeah. I mean that speaks for something, Paul. All right, before we go, talk saves lives. Join us for Odyssey's I'm Listening special. It is coming up tomorrow. Two hour national mental Ooh. health conversation at 7 p.m. Hear from some of the biggest names in music and sports and, of course, your stories as well. Join us for a constructive and supportive conversation about mental wellness here on 97.3 The Fan and the free Odyssey app. Remember, talk saves lives. More talk next with the coach John Quintero. We'll be back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. For Paul Rindle, Stephen Woods, I'm Ben Higgins. Have a great rest of your Tuesday from all of us here at The Fan.